What is up, ladies and gentle nerds? It's your boy Graham, also known as HamHawks42 on the internet, and today we are overthinking MTG one more time in the classic style, where we are going to look at a random magic card, and I'm going to talk about it for a while. Um, in the past, I've been really holding myself to 10 minutes, but at the same time, if I really genuinely peter out at like 6 or 7, I'm going to go ahead and... Uh, let that be, to be honest, because I'm not about to make you guys sit through that. Anyway, so let's get to it. So today we are looking at Ascended Law Mage. Now, I pulled this up on, on gatherer.com using that random card button um, about 20 seconds before pr pressing record. So I've gotten a chance to glance at it only ever so slightly. So this is a 3-2 flying uh, creature. It's a Vidalkin wizard. Um for two generic, one white, one blue, and it has Hexproof. So this is actually a really interesting card. I, I actually really like this card. Um, I don't love it. Like, this isn't a build-around piece, um, but it touches a couple of points where, like, there are a ton of different decks that wouldn't mind having one of these to fill out their deck. You know, it is just a rock-solid four-drop in a lot of different archetypes. And let, let's just run through those real quick. So it's blue-white. So immediately you have... I mean, those are very... Um, those are really big control colors, obviously. You also have blue-white flyers. You know, so if you're playing Azorius Aggro, you're probably going to be playing you know, creatures that are up off the ground, and then ways to buff them, like Empyrean Eagle or Favorable Winds. So this would fit as a topper in one of those decks. Now, 4-drops is a little expensive for a lot of um, flying builds. However, the fact that it has Hexproof and is and 3 power in the air, that's nothing to sneeze at. So if you're in, like, a limited environment, or if you're in a situation where... Um, you know, you're trying to build like a white blue flying commander deck, for example, where you have where where it's a singleton kind of format and you just need a larger number and you gotta kinda go to the bench a little bit. Something like this would actually be a really great way to to flesh that out and really rock solid four drop in that deck. You're not mad at it. Um, generally one of the biggest downsides to this is the fact that its toughness is only two. However, the biggest reason that's a downside is because things like shock can kill it. Well, in this case, because it has hexproof, things like shock can't kill it. So that's pretty great. Um, the other thing, just hexproof in general is an incredibly powerful mechanic. And in white and blue, you have access to a whole lot of auras that you can use to buff the Law Mage up and give it additional bonuses, additional abilities. I mean, right away, I, I want to have a Staggering Insight on this. I really, really do. Because the moment you slap Staggering Insight onto this thing, all of a sudden your Orc, a Curious Obsession, any of those cards that... Or <laughs> the other thing, you could mutate a C-Dasher Octopus onto this because, note, it's not a human. It's a Vidalcan Wizard. So there are all kinds of options that you have for buffing this thing up and giving it abilities where when it deals damage, you draw cards. That sounds pretty freaking tasty to me. Um... Yeah, that's just great. Also, it's a wizard, so it fits with wizard synergies, too. So if you're in a deck where you have a lot of combos built around weird wizard effects, having something with just a decent body in the air that is really hard to remove all of a sudden creates a an impressive blocker to help you kind of shore up and it, dis, de, it disincentivizes... Um, your opponent, or it would discourage your opponent. That's the word I'm looking for. I don't know why that was hard to come up with, but it it uh, seriously discourages your opponent from swinging at you. 
that's pretty nice, especially in a multiplayer kind of situation. So it's got a lot of synergies, a lot of cool opportunities there. And generally speaking, if something has hexproof on it, you want it. Like that that ability is very, very good. And so a 3-2 flyer with hexproof for four, it feels like a very fair card. You know, it's not amazing. It's not going to blow things out. I'm not going to, you know, this isn't like, pack one pick one in a draft i mean maybe depending on what's in the what's in the deck or you know what else is available to you but like it's actually and actually in limited it might be an absolute bomb i'm not sure <laughs> don't depend on what's around it but i gotta say like i think this card is really rock solid this is an excellent role player in a couple of different decks it is either the biggest beefiest nastiest thing in a wizard deck or it is like a curve topper thorn in your opponent's side way to finish out a game in a blue-white flyers deck so i like this i like this a lot actually and the other cool thing with the blue-white flyers deck is um the the card that comes to mind is one that i find really intriguing but also really frustrating is the guardian of evos isle or no warden of evos isle i think is warden of evos isle because it reduces the the mana cost of all creatures with flying by one but in like a standard style blue white aggro shell you have very few creatures that have generic mana costs like it's almost all one drop maybe two drops and so you don't get that much benefit and so a creature that that reduces a mana cost on like five of your things that comes down on like turn three is just a terrible fit. It's just a lousy value. But if you're in that style of build and you're building more of a mid-range tempo version of it, so you have better stuff later, Ascended Law Mage would fit into that curve very nicely. And that's the other thing right now. In a lot of the a lot of competitive formats, people are expecting to see lightning fast, quick action. Um, you know, they aren't expecting bigger cards unless you can ramp into them. And so I've actually had some some success with mid-range decks in standard right now on Arena because people don't see it coming. You know, being able to just curve out consistently and then build up to something really solid on turns 5 and 6 is... Like, that's just what I think of when I think of magic. That's what I want to be doing in a game. But there's so many, like, hyper-competitive decks that are built around just vomiting cards and drawing more and comboing off on turn four or finding some way to deal an incredible amount of damage with a ton of weenies. You know, like, building those kinds of value engines that snowball out of control, which, I mean, they work. Decks like that are dominant in a lot of formats for a reason. But I know I always... Not always, but I generally like to look at a deck and go, okay, what is my what is a great one drop? What is a great two drop? What is a great three drop? What is a great four drop? Like I want to see the progression, and I want to make sure that my plays are getting progressively bigger and bigger, um, and I'm getting access to more and more options, which is one of the things that I love about the fact that cycling is back, baby, because you can do so much stuff. Like, Boon of the Wishgiver, I think, might be my new favorite card from Ikoria, and that's saying a lot, because there's a lot of gas in Ikoria that I really, really dig, but Boon of the Wishgiver, for six mana, draw four cards, or you can cycle it for one. Like, it's perfect. In the early game, it's just an opt. Just throw it away, draw a new card, done, moving on, next thing. And and it cycles for a generic. So in like three or four color decks, you still get that, even if you don't have a blue down. That rules. I love it. And then late in the game, 
when you're going into top deck mode, you top deck that six, boom, restock your hand. And if you don't have the mana to play anything out of it right then, which realistically late in the game, you might. Um, or if you're running in a Fires of Invention deck like I do, yeah, you you do because it's all free. So anyway, I just I absolutely adore that card. I think it's wonderful. Like I, and anyway. There's a lot of great stuff. I think that one is one of the best fair cards and a really cool design. And, fun fact, because it's blue, it would actually work alongside Ascended Law Mage. Um, they don't necessarily synergize. I'm just saying that a deck that runs one could run the other, and to great effect. So yeah, Ascended Law Mage. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I like it a lot. And actually, it's funny. I'm just now realizing, like, we're eight minutes into this, and I haven't gotten into the artwork or the flavor text on this particular card yet. Um, because whenever I see Hexproof, I immediately find myself thinking about, like, mutates and auras and all of the crazy metas that all of a sudden I can interact with. Like, I immediately go spike the moment I see Hexproof because it's such a powerful ability. I'm like, how can I how can I abuse this? Like, you know, what, a, what crazy stuff can I throw on top of this thing? Um, immediately. Like, just... I, I can't help it. Um, it's just, it's so, I don't know. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Um, no, Hexproof is great. It's an incredibly powerful ability. Um, that said, I still, on the on the Hexproof Shroud debate, I know I mentioned it yesterday, that's the other thing. I feel like this shows, even with the random cards, I feel like I hit themes. Um, you know, yesterday, the Enchantress that we were looking at had Shroud. I still believe from a gameplay perspective or from a game design perspective that Shroud is a better mechanic just because it's self-balancing. It feels fair in a way that Hexproof doesn't. I can't tell you how many times I've had my big threat um, destroyed because I pulled my Lightning Greaves off of it for just long enough to do something, you know, because it, in order to, you know, if I'm able to remove the Shroud from something so that I can interact with it, my opponents can interact with it too, you know, so that feels, it feels fair, and I, I like that. Anyway, but Ascended Law Mage, with Hexproof, you don't have to deal with that at all. If you want to tinker with it, you can tinker with it all day, it's just your opponents can't touch it. Yeah, so it feels very, very powerful, and I feel like they've recently made a really good effort to uh, cost that cost that fairly. Um, however, this is a situation where it's fair to a point. You know, if the body that was on this thing was a, if it was like a three-three, then this would be just straight up busted. The fact that you can kill it in combat relatively easily makes it kind of a glass cannon to an extent. Um, but yeah, it's still a very good card. So anyway, so let's go ahead and take a look at the at the artwork and the flavor text. So the artwork, we see a Vidalkin wizard. And if you're not familiar with the Vidalkins, they are a humanoid race that has very slender, spindly arms. I believe we were introduced to them in Mirrodin, if I'm not mistaken. And um, they appear on a number of different planes as well, not unlike humans and elves and whatnot. It's almost like, um, actually, if you, I'm, I'm realizing that Every single color in Magic has, like, you know, they have their specific races that you see show up across the multiverse in a bunch of different places. You know, you have elves in green, you have humans in white, you have, um, in blue it had been merfolk, but I'm realizing Vidalkin are kind of, are also kind of in that same realm, which is, it's interesting, because um, they, they seem to be showing up quite a bit, um. In other places. And then in red you have goblins. And then um, in black you have zombies. You know, because why wouldn't you? Zombies and vampires and whatnot. And I know there's a crossover between some of those colors. But in any case. So Vidalkin is a 
you see a lot of it in blue. It's pretty common. You see, you know, Demir versions, you see Azorius versions, but it's, in general, they're blue, a very, um, you know, intelligent. They they are mentally very strong, but physically not as strong as other races. So that's the idea. So it fits that they're in blue. And they make great wizards. So yeah, there are a lot of a lot of cool wizards. And so this particular one appears to be wielding a large staff, like that looks like it's actually straight up made out of lightning, which is pretty rad, I gotta admit. And then it has this long billowing cloak um, that is clearly working it's sparkling with just tons of arcane energy that is apparently so powerful that it has actually lifted the wizard off of the ground um and they appear to be flying over you know the plane that they're on so that's pretty darn cool and then taking a look at the flavor text a law mage's runic script is an act of governance given form legislation written directly onto the air itself oh snap what i had inter what i had interpreted as um, an extension of this mage's robes is actually it's, that's actually a scroll or a document that this mage is leaving behind. That's fascinating. That's actually really cool. I like that flavor. That's different than um, than anything I'd seen before. And I have to say, that's really neat. So the idea is they write the laws into the sky, onto the air itself. Wow, it's really hard to argue that you didn't understand that you didn't know or understand a law when it is written on the sky outside your freaking house um, or directly below you as you're breaking it. Anyway, <laughs> this is a uh, this is interesting. I like it. So yeah, this is an ascended law mage, a Vidalcan wizard, three two converted mana cost four with flying and hexproof. I mean, those are just some some really pretty keywords. You know, it's it's expensive enough, so you can't just drop it into any single deck ever. But it's useful enough that I feel like you're gonna want it more often than not, um, which I feel like is just a really good spot for an uncommon to be. You know, I feel like this is exactly the Azorius four drop one you know, four drop uncommon that I want. And it's it's just a rock solid role player that can fit into a ton of stuff. Yeah, I like this. I like this a lot actually. It's a it's a cool piece. Artwork by the way by Ryan Yi. Um yeah, it's interesting. And this is originally um well actually let's see. It was printed in Conspiracy Take the Crown, um and it was originally printed in Dragon's Maze. So anyway, very cool. Thanks so much for hanging out, guys. I appreciate you, as always, and I will be back tomorrow with another edition of Overthinking MTG. Thanks so much, stay safe, and I'll catch you next time.